What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, uh, where we talk about all things horror, movies, music, video games, comic books, whatever the fuck we decide we want to talk about, we talk about. I am here with uh, Zach the Z-Man, the Scary Man. I don't know. I don't have a fucking nickname you for you. You suck at those. I, I don't also, where's your flight attendant voice? You, know, you, you got to introduce us, you know. Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, you know. This is a mini-cast, Zach. We don't have time We don't have time for your bullshit. <laughs> anyway, oh. I'm also with, uh, here over at the booth with Brandon and Colin. Hello. Awesome, awesome. So we are doing a quick mini-cast. We're going to discuss our favorite horror movie intros um, or opening scenes, whatever we want to talk about. And then, more importantly, why. Why do we like them so much? So, that being said... I am going to, because he pissed me off, because he was giving me a hard time about my nicknames. Zach, you get to go first. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Make me. <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite horror movie intro is, um, I would I would have to say Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, that's a good one, actually. That's yeah. a really good one. That's funny, because that was actually on my short list of ones for me to choose from. Oh, really? yeah. I'm kind of like, curious to know what your reasons are. So, I remember that one just being... Because I remember going to see that movie. That was one of the first like big horror movies I saw in theaters. And I was just like... Because it starts off... Because I, I would say that's more of a Freddy movie than it is a Jason movie. Despite the fact that Freddy gets one kill? Exa- fucking exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just like... He starts off, you know, and like, you know, Robert England form and everything like that. He kills the kid. And then after, like, the parents murder him in the fucking uh, boiler room or whatever, it goes through all of his, like, some of the most popular kills that he's done. And that's one thing that I used to love about Freddy growing up was he had some of the most creative and just brutal and weird outlandish kills. But they were, they looked good. They were awesome. And they were fucking terrifying. So it's like. Yeah, I love that. And then you get, you know, Jason's little intro where it's just this, you know, kills a chick on a fucking dock and yeah. just impales her into a fucking tree. And and also, I, it was just a very special movie for me because that was also like the first big crossover movie I remember. You know, you got the Universal Monster movies, but Same whatever. Here. Yeah, it, this but, was that, that's a generations before. Exactly. Us. This was Freddy versus fucking Jason. Yep. Like, oh my god, it, it, it was just such a big moment for me, and just like, holy shit, this is really fucking happening. Yeah. And to see it live on the big screen was just like, fuck yeah! Yeah, because like, that one always stuck in my mind, too. And for the most part, it really is just a recap. It is. But when you think about it, Jason Goes to Hell is what, 93, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Nin- no? Yes. Ni- yes, 93. Was it? Yeah, it, was it, was, it was early 90s, and early Freddy's 90s. Dead was 91. I know that. Yeah, it was 93. Yeah. So it had been 12 years since a real Freddy movie, and yeah. Two we got, years we, since Jason X. We, we had Jason X, but Jason X is kind of its own, it's not its own thing, but it's kind of, it's a very different experience from what came before it. It's in the future. Um, and of course, there was also Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but that's not in the timeline. It is in the timeline, but it isn't. Yeah, it, that, that's also yeah. kind of its own thing. It's not a, Jason X is not a traditional Friday the 13th. New Nightmare is not a traditional Nightmare on Elm Street in any way. So it had been 10 plus years. years for each series since we actually got like a true movie for them. So... And I don't know what the box office for Jason X was like. I just don't remember. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't good. So I couldn't tell you if it wasn't good. So pretty much, that movie had to deal with recapping and getting people back into the mindset of these movies after 
years. Damn near ten. And I think the way it's just like starting on that, that like close up of Freddy's eyes, this is the detail in the makeup mm-hmm. and the delivery of his recap, and of course the Jason kill. Like it really does just bring you up to speed. Like it, to a point where just like you almost don't even need to see any of the previous movies. You'll, of course, get a lot more out of Frey versus Jason if you have. Yeah. But if you go in cold, if that is your first movie for either of them, you're brought up to speed. True. And it wasn't and it wasn't dragged out either. It was very no. efficient yeah. in what it did. It was very to the point. Here's what's going on. And the and also, too, Robert, Robert England actually narrating the whole thing was fucking great. Yeah. yeah. They um, uh, put you right there. Yep. It's a very powerful and well-done intro, and I absolutely love it. Yep. All right, uh, Mark, what's yours? Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about, about this. You know, I, of course, I would like to, you know, do Jaws or do Scream. You know, I don't really give a shit what you guys say. You know, yeah, it is a basic answer, but there's a reason why, because they're both fucking fantastic. But, you know, I was thinking about this, I'm like, what actually made the biggest impact on you? You know, growing up, and you know what it, what it really sticks in your mind, and what you know to turn you into a mindset. And you can have arguments about whether it's a thriller and everything else, or horror. But it's you know, it's there's fantasy elements, there's, well, science fiction elements. It's mostly science fiction. But the opening to Jurassic Park actually had a huge uh, impact to me, horror wise and thriller wise. Growing up, I mean, that's the movie that that made me actually want to act. The, um, uh, you know, I, I actually, it was funny, I was actually smart enough to realize, like, you know, like, I would pretend to be in Jurassic Park. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I want to be in Jurassic Park. I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, if I was actually in Jurassic Park, I could die. But I think what I want to do is I want to pretend that I'm in Jurassic Park. And my dad was like, yeah, that's called acting, son. The, um, uh, it was the first time anybody ever told me what that was. And But it was that specific opening scene that's done so fucking well. Just people just watching this giant container you know and they don't even know what the fuck is in right. the container they just know something horrifying is in that container and you know and the whole like you know the key master pulling it up and then you just see that raptor run right at the fucking wall and the dude just drops in and you're like this whatever you guys were planning this wasn't it like this this wasn't the things did not go according to plan in this in this scenario and it's and it's a really Horrifying and almost to a realistic standpoint perspective, like this is the kind of fuck up, you know, the fucked up thing that would happen if you were actually trying to open up a theme park or a zoo with deadly animals. Like this is an accident that could actually happen in this world that you've created. And and it, and it just when I saw this when I was like eight, like you know, and, and and it just put me in that moment. And then, and that I think led to you know meeting you guys and and then you know starting out as a passive horror fan. And then, you know, becoming what I am today, you know, when it comes to how I feel about horror, it started me out in that whole thing. But just as a quality of an opening scene, it tells you everything you need to know about what, what, what you're in store for. Like, you know, very similar to how Jaws is, you know what you're in for. This is exactly mm-hmm. what this movie is going to be. The, um, and it just puts you in that perspective. And, you know, watching that dude get dragged the fuck up the wall the, um, was, was something... And, there isn't a lot of blood in that, if no no blood whatsoever. But it puts you in the mindset, and it is pretty horrifying of a situation, especially when you're watching it as an eight year old. The um, uh, you know, it's it's really, um, it's really quite something. And but it's also Steven Spielberg. The um, uh, you know, he gets you in that that mode. He gets you in that. And he has no problem with 
using horror to get his point across. The um, He isn't a horror director, but he gets his fucking point across by using horror. Mm-hmm. I know that there's, I'm, I'm not the only one that's a fan of that movie. It's a great movie. The um, And it has a lot of great thriller horror elements. And that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, yeah, of course, Scream Jaws is great. But that's the one that had the biggest impact on me growing up. And that's the one that I'll probably always remember. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'll always remember that opening, too. Especially What's-His-Face continuously shouting, Shooter! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, oh, is one of my favorite characters? It really sucked when he Robert got killed. Robert Muldoon. The, um, uh, the, um, Thank you, Colin. The, um, <laughs> I was totally blanking on his name. The, um, uh, just, just, just like literally, they're all fast ended, and he, and he just walks up the whole, you know, up the stairs. Like they should all be, they should all be eliminated. Right. They should all fucking die. They're demons. The, um, uh, but yeah, no, no, that, that that movie as a whole is, you know, the the horror elements and the horror backbone that's in it. It, it just works. The, the dinosaurs aren't even in the film for that long at all. Maybe under 10 minutes of screen time I think yeah yeah that's funny how it, they... it's kind of like uh, Hannibal Lecter in Science of the Lambs he's in that movie a lot less than you think same same thing with Jaws you know they, they created that fucking shark with barrels and that was largely part because it didn't work they, well they, <laughs> yeah. they that and they couldn't show more that's kind of a no, whole other topic but like kind of the double-edged sword of CG today where it's like you can show everything so some people do and that's usually when you get schlock hashtag sky sharks yeah <laughs> no there's there's other reasons for that movie not being good but we're not here to talk about that the uh, All right, I guess it's my turn yep all right um my pick is the ring 2002. All right, um, yeah, no, no, it's not a bad one. Yeah, no, I don't give that. that. That's one intro that just it brings you up to speed on what the movie's about. It gives you the information in a way that's realistic because it's like that is a very pre everything on the internet movie. Um, internet existed, of course, but it, it, it's of course a completely different era than we're in now, where it's just like memes are shared in the course of how long does it take for a meme to get around um so the ring just very much has that feeling just like back when everything was like kind of secondhand knowledge where it's like oh yeah i heard this urban legend from a friend who heard it from their friend who heard it from their friend because like they're talking about the killer videotape and of course the one girl had watched the videotape and it's of course her seventh day and it ends with you know, a brief glimpse at what you're going to get later on in the movie. But yeah, it just set up the tone so well. And it's almost like its own little mini movie on its own. Like, you can just cut off the rest of the movie, have that intro, and you got an excellent short film. Um, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. And yeah, there's just something about that whole secondhand urban legend thing has just always felt real to me which I think is one of the reasons why creepypasta is so popular yeah absolutely because it's like is it true or not and that's what's intriguing yeah and you know what and also too I think more importantly is and I just didn't think about this really until just now but like if you really think about it the ring was like this last gasp of air when it came before the internet and digital age I mean it was the last you know the last you know kind of round of the blockbuster age and the VHS age and 
and like you know that ritual of, of going to the, the the blockbuster and picking up the VHS. You know, DVDs right. were out, but they weren't quite. You know, they weren't really that popular. It was still it was at the height of its power, but like but right at the end of its reign. Yeah. Like you know, and, and that was the interesting part about all this is is it was the last breath of that. Basically, all of that. It's the last breath of the VHS. It's the last gasp breath of the home video experience of getting the you know right. the VHS. The last gasp of you know information being shared secondhand and through multiple people. It was the last time that that was ever really a thing, and then the internet kind of you know blew up. I mean, it was the end. It really was the end of that yeah. whole time period. And it's and kudos to the two actresses in that scene too, because let's face it. Their job in that movie is to basically give us exposition. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the hands of lesser actors, it could have been just very hammy, but it's like, like I said, everything felt real. They felt like teenage girls, one of them spending the night at the other's house, talking about this urban legend. Mm. Night ends badly. And um, it just always, I've always loved that intro. I think it is to, a perfect intro for a horror movie. Sorry. Uh, to piggyback off what you're saying, Mark, um, uh, can I mention other YouTube channels? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, there, there's one YouTube channel I like uh, called Fanboy Flicks. It's called Weird Movies with Mark now. But he did um, uh, a recap of the latest, I think, Rings? Yep. Or the remake, whatever. It's the one with the plane, right? At yeah. the beginning, yeah. And so he was talking basically just what you said was like there's something creepy about a, like a cursed videotape or a cursed reel of footage but a digital file no and so it loses that i guess you could call it a gimmick but not really a gimmick it's part of the story yeah but there's that yeah that, that mysterious things like it's something physical and that you can destroy whereas like a digital file it's it's just memory yeah it doesn't really exist holding the cursed videotape in your hands would definitely have more weight on how you feel like if you're Literally. that character actually holding that tape you you're probably more into the whole okay is this real yeah. is this not and then you right. watch it and then but then of course it's just like somebody sends you a an email attachment. Just don't open it. I, <laughs> yeah, don't open it. Dude, it's, it's, like, it's like if the, the Necronomicon I, I, I don't was even on open a, attachments that I need to. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it, dude it's like if the ne Necronomicon was on a Kindle. Like, it, <laughs> like, it, just, it, like it, just, it just really don't wouldn't have... Don't give idea, Mark. It, 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 <laughs> sorry. But it, was, like, it just wouldn't have that fucking effect to it. Like, you know, it would just... It would just yeah. you go, what the fuck is... What the hell is this? The um, uh, you know, the um, uh, you, like your little kid handing you a tablet. You're like, ah! The, um, <laughs> I you just digitize the Necronomicon. What yeah, the dude, fuck? Dude, dude, you know, like you, know, you ask your five year old where they learn Latin. The um, uh, <laughs> the uh, um, uh, you know, it just it, it 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 removes that that space. And by the way, like speaking of that, and by the way, that's one of the biggest reasons why I think and in, in its promise has been so over fucking par parodied, but. Why the opening of Scream works so fucking well is because they were adapting technology that was so generation specific at that time as a mixture of, of landline and and also too like you know you had a wireless home phone. She was literally running from window to window. You couldn't do that like it, it, you couldn't do that. She was self-contained within the home. 
Right. You know, but she was still mobile. Like that's like that's a that's a very specific like, and we all know that time. You know, where where you're not courted, but you but you can't you got to stay in the, the radius of the house. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you want us to remake Scream, but in the 1970s with rotary phones? Uh, no. The um, because that okay, that's pretty much that's pretty much when a stranger calls. Um, <laughs> the um, so. But you know, and, and then using a cell phone, that dude could be anywhere. Like you know, and, and it's almost like a new technology versus old technology. Yeah. But they were both existing at the same time. And I did time. kind of bring that into screen too a little bit because wasn't Randy on a cell phone during his? Yes, stuff? yes, yeah. he was. I mean, you know, and, and but it was that whole thing of, of especially that well, we're talking about opening scenes. It's the new technology and the old technology kind of having duking it out in this whole scenario. You know, but again, though, that's very time specific it's very generation specific it's it's very in that in that field same with the ring yeah like, like you know the, the ring came out five years after dvd because dvds came out in 97 yep the ring was 02 uh the ring U, the japanese original was 98 but yeah so 2002 five years in a dvd dvd is not even mentioned in the movie it's all about that vhs tape man. absolutely and which by the way is in a per- perfectly appropriate conversation in 2002 like yeah. you know like people still had the vhs's at that time so you have a real you know a real specific point of it but that being said i don't want to get too deep in it because i want to hear Callan's uh, one uh, my the uh, my, i definitely want to hear his his thing on on this so it may have been hinted by what i'm wearing and i don't know if it's uh a cheat or not but i'm going to go with ghostbusters that's a good i'll accept it that's a good um, opening scene actually because that's a really also good like kind of opposite of you know the really what an intro should do is kind of tell you what you're going in for it does that but in a different kind of way because if i remember correctly there's no dialogue at all it's just a librarian doing her job and screaming you don't even see the ghost and then it just cuts to vankman being a dick yeah (laughs) And so yeah. I guess what, if you include that part, it does, it's like, okay, something scary and then punchline kind of thing. But it's done so seriously, and it's like you would be scared if you were in her position too. You're just going about, you don't know what's Shit going is on. flying behind yeah. her and everything else. The, right. And again, you don't see the monster. You see it later. Yeah. But, he, but even that part is funny too because like, oh, just a nice old lady. Go get her, Ray. Get her. Get her, Ray. Is that what you got? Yeah. yeah. The, um, like, uh, go get her, Ray. The, um, like, uh, <laughs> the um, uh, this, is, this isn't like that time when you try to drill, you know, right. take a drill you in your own That would have worked if you wouldn't have stopped me. So I think that's just such a memorable opening scene, especially, I mean, I guess the common thing is the cold open. Yeah. You know, a lot of the there are a lot of movies that kind of start with the uh, credits, maybe establishing shots and everything. But no, this goes right into it, and you don't know what's going on, and so it's just a nice way they set up the fundamental horror of ghosts. But then the busting aspect is what makes it so charming, and just unforgettable. Yeah. I, I think there's even, a, I think, even though the the ratio is definitely more geared towards comedy for Ghostbusters, oh. 
Ghostbusters, well, yeah, especially really, given the cast, oh, yeah. are all second city Ghost, Ghostbusters to me is really one of the perfect horror comedies. Yeah. Oh, it's it's up there, and I think and I think too from a lot of from the standpoint of a lot of successful um, successful comedies, and then even some successful dramas. The um, when you do the inverse, right. the um, uh, you get a lot of success. You know, a lot of you know really really successful because Ghostbusters it starts out as a horror movie and then and then like an audience is like oh well it's going to be this movie and then they, and then immediately goes into them busting each other's balls and they're like oh well it's that kind of movie yeah. I had the um I've seen it done effectively there and most effective I've ever seen it was in Guardians of the Galaxy you know cuz I cuz I saw the air get sucked out of an audience so quickly the um, oh, yeah. literally literally the whole audience is all laughing and having a good time and then that fucking opening scene comes up with the mom in the hospital oh. who has cancer and then just the whole air just gets sucked out of the fucking room and you can hear a, a pin drop but, but didn't that happen first yes it did that's the opening scene that, right yeah yeah that, that's okay. the opening scene and, yeah. and, and, and but but i but that to me that opening scene made the movie it made the laughs better it made you know it made you know all those emotions that you felt in that opening scene gave legitimacy to the character so when he's fucking singing and acting like an idiot um and you know singing into a reptile right they, um uh, you know you go you know, oh i actually like this guy because you've already had an emotional establishment with them and when you do the opposite of what the movie is you know expecting it to do when you have a wacky comedy right. with you know dan Aykroyd and harold ramis and bill murray you know, and you go, oh, I'm in for that. But then you started out with, you know, something scary. Right. You've you've now set a tone that that keeps the audience on their toes, and it, it makes it, it much kind of calibrates enjoyable. the audience to, or over calibrates to the movie's benefit in the sense that, like, you start with such a sad scene like Guardians, and it's like your mind, you know, people want to feel comfortable, you know, equilibrium. You know, they don't want to be sad or all the time. So we have such a downer. You're like you want to laugh. Yeah. So exactly. it, it basically just like you said, like a vacuum. What happens when you open the door? You get air coming in, and exactly. that's what it was. Exactly. The um, and I think that that's, you know, what, you know, opening scenes are. You know, especially in any genre, but especially in horror, if if you don't want to establish it right away, whatever you know you're going for in this movie, you know, it's going to be hard to fucking catch up. That's um, I'll kind of make this my last point before we go into final thoughts here. So this will kind of be my final thought. Um, but what you just said reminds me of a movie called Late Phases. It's a werewolf movie that came out in like 2014 uh, about this uh, blind veteran who moves into a retirement community. A werewolf kills his dog. And pretty much the movie is like him taking the whole next month before the next full moon to get his revenge on the werewolf. Wow. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. And... I was listening to the director's commentary once and the movie begins on the main character at his wife's grave. Mm. And he said originally in the original script, the screenplay began with a werewolf attack to set up that it's, you know, it's the, it's the standard horror movie opening. But then the director's like, this werewolf attack at the beginning has really nothing to do with anything else in the movie. Um, the scene did what it was supposed to do. It got the investors' attention and how the movie is getting made. But for what the movie needs to be, thematically, the correct thing to do is to begin on the main character at his wife's grave. Mm. Hmm. Um, so it's interesting how that movie begins with a dramatic um, intro. And then it really doesn't introduce the horror element until 
a, quite a bit later in. True. Final girl, Zach. Yeah, true. The, um, uh, you know how that how that whole thing begins. The, the, the intro of that one was actually the fake trailer for. That's true yeah. too. You know, but so, but what immediately followed the um, yeah. uh, you know before even the, the the final final girl you know the actual logo yeah. shows up title of the movie shows up everything that happened then was you know was very it was a very effective way to introduce the main character. And did you say feel for, sorry? I just want to make sure I the title. Did you say final phase? I said late phases. Late phases, yep. also known as Night of the Wolf. 2014. Excellent movie. Oh, I see. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, so Zach, final thoughts? Squirrels. Hey, what else is new? The uh, guys. That was my final thought. So, Fair enough. Colin? I'll just reiterate that. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes intros can be overlooked. And similar to how the ending of a film does matter, you know, they're basically, they could be bookends. You, know, you have a whole bunch of things happening in the beginning, but I think actually the beginning is, is, you could argue, is the most important part of the film. Because if you don't get people to give them a reason to watch it, then they're not going to watch it. And if you, similar to, I mean, I'm not going to go down too far, but like some of the, with the modern trailers, I don't like the ones that basically give you synopsis of the whole thing. And it's just like, okay, then why do I watch the film? I just saw a two-minute version of it. <laughs> so I like the ones where it's like, it gives you just a taste. And then, you know, a little sample. And then, you know, you, you don't have Baskin Robbins giving you full pint-sized samples of yeah, ice cream for free. Cream. So, yeah, I, I'll just say that I think intros are very important and sometimes uh, overlooked. Absolutely. The um, No, I 100% agree. The um, I think that... If you don't have a good intro, uh, you're going to be working the entire movie to try to get the uh, the audience to give a shit. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, so that's that's one of the most important things. So, right. ready for me to take us out? Uh, yeah, take us out. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. Do you have a favorite horror movie intro? Let us know in the comments. You can also check out all of our earlier podcasts wherever podcasts are available. And also be sure to check us out on all of our social media at Midwest Horror Network on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Slasher. And of course, if you are listening to this on Spotify, make sure you press that little follow button so you'll be notified every time we drop a new Nightmares podcast. Also, too, if you are watching this on YouTube, if you could be so awesome to stab that like button, smash that subscribe, and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here on MHN. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you next time on the Nightmares Podcast.